Back with John Cavanaugh here on Midwest Ag, talking about this week's Market by the Numbers. And uh, John, you know, we talked about the differences, maybe some of the things were a little bit surprising. Obviously, the stock's number for soybeans was the biggest surprise. And I think that obviously talks to the point about why the market just skyrocketed on Friday after that report came out. But let's talk about some of the other things like export sales, which have been fascinating to watch in recent weeks. You know, it's been a while since China came in and bought like this. And Karen Braun pointed out this week, she said this week it was 11 out of the last 13 business days with an old crop corn flash sale to China. She pointed out it wasn't a record by volume, but it was certainly the steadiest streak that we've seen since China started buying again in 2020. I don't know if these flash sales by China have been a big surprise to everybody, but it sure has been pleasant to watch. Yeah, it's been exciting. You know, we actually got some strong export demand coming in because, as we said all year, corn has been way below expectations this year. So this is not back where it should be, but it's bringing back somewhat. And, yeah, China hasn't stepped in and bought U.S. corn since, my goodness, not since last May. So the last weeks has really been exciting for that. Yeah. But here's the downside of it is, is despite all this Chinese corn buying, our export sales to date are still about 74 million bushels behind the pace it's needed to achieve the USDA projection. So uh, we're still probably going to fall short for the year. And that's after the government, you know, in the last S&D, they dropped projected corn exports by quite a bit. And we're still not quite reaching that, but we're getting closer. And who knows, maybe the Chinese will keep buying and I don't think they'll make up all the gap and maybe we'll come close. Maybe some other buyers will show up. So I'm not giving up yet. Yeah. They will hit the USDA projection. But certainly the deficit continues to shrink at a much faster pace than what we thought it was going to, particularly in the face of something that you had pointed out early on here, maybe uh, about uh, five, six weeks weeks ago was the deal that China and Brazil put together where they finally settled up on the phytosanitary guidelines between the two of them and it opened the door for Brazil to, for the first time in history, begin to sell corn to China. Yeah, that- there's more of that coming. You know, I hate to say it, but we know that Brazil continues to expand corn production. And one reason why is because they could do more business with China and they're looking to sell an awful lot of corn to China in, in the coming years. And that's going to be at the expense of the U.S., yeah, we turn our attentions now a little bit more toward what's going on in South America. And we always count on Dr. Michael Cordonier because he's probably one of the foremost experts on what's going on in South America. He tweeted this week, he said the ideal planting window, which we all knew for Saprina corn in the state of Paraná, at least, had closed several weeks ago. And obviously with the rain and everything, it was a real problem trying to get that soybean crop out so that they could plant the Saprina corn crop. But what Cordonier's said this past week was he said farmers in Paraná might be switching some of that safrina corn over to wheat because things had gotten so delayed. Yeah, how about that? So we got to keep an eye on this one. Brazil's expected still to have a pretty good size to corn crop in total this year, but there is this problem with the late planted safrina crop. It looks like some of that corn, a, a fairly significant portion of it, is going to mature during the beginning of the dry season. Mm-hmm. And of course, that can affect pollination and yield. Uh, so we'll have to watch that one as the season progresses here over the next couple of months, Rob. we got to make sure that we're paying attention to that and keep our listeners informed. 
Yeah. One of the points that you made when you and I were just chatting earlier was it's all about (laughs) weather at this point. Yeah, it can be late. It can be maturing during the driest part of the season, but we've been surprised by those kinds of things in our past. So it's not like it can't happen. You brought up a good point. Weather's always a big deal. I mean, gosh, in the commodity markets, uh, it's extremely important. Uh, nothing new about that. But uh, now that we got the uh, acres report out of the way, the focus from here for the next several months, because we got the summer growing season coming up too, it's going to be weather, 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 and more weather. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, the improved harvest weather for the soybeans there in Paraná helped things reach 77% in terms of their harvest this past week. And that was according to, I think, their version of USDA down there. But this represents an advance of 17%. Over, over the previous week, a pretty good harvest pace. So up until that point, the soybean harvest progress had been pretty slow because of the weather, like we talked about. But with that crop getting completely off, it seems then that the soybean sales to China should probably pick up going out of Brazil. Oh, absolutely, yes. And they're going to step in and probably start making some new crop soybean purchases as well. And by the way, uh, the yields in Brazil as this uh, harvest progresses, continue to be very, very good. Mm-hmm. They've got a huge bumper crop. I'm even hearing stories about the running out of storage space. So that's even more beans that are hitting the coast to be exported. So the basis and the price is getting even cheaper and cheaper in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Although they do have a problem, of course, with the logistics of getting these vessels weathered and shipped out of there. Again, some business may shift back to the U.S. simply because they can't get the vessels loaded in time. But Rob, another interesting development, uh, we know that Argentina, which talked about this there's no, nothing new there but they've got a, a short crop yeah they may only grow about 50 percent as many beans as they thought at the beginning of the season they don't have enough soybeans now tell me about what Argentina's doing aren't they starting to import a lot of beans <laughs> oh yeah they are and they're importing them from their neighbors to the north which is Brazil so fascinating to watch all of this particularly since China was a featured buyer of U.S. soybeans in the week ending March 23rd so that was the export sales report from this past week net 5.6 million bushels but 4.9 million of that was previous beans bought under unknown destinations but you try and put all of this together you're saying okay well you know brazil's got all these beans and can we count on the fact that china's going to continue to buy from us when brazil's got so many more beans and they've got them at a really good price well, I think it's very clear, Rob. There's only one reason why China's going to buy any beans from us in the next six months. is simply because of what I mentioned earlier, is that the logistics may become so bad, they have vessels that are so backed up at the ports oh, yeah. that they're looking at huge demerge bills. They can't get them in a timely fashion, number one. And number two, the demerge bill eats up the cheaper price. <laughs> yeah. And they may be forced to come back to the U.S. to buy some soybeans. But I tell you one thing you can be sure of. If they come back to the U.S. to buy some soybeans, it's only because they have to. No. <laughs> Not because they want to. And it certainly won't be price. It'll be simply a matter of logistics. But, yeah, that's some of that can and probably will happen. By the way, I saw an analyst said he thinks that Argentina may import as many as 10 million tons of beans this year. Yay! Wow, that's a bunch. And Brazil's got to be happy about that. I mean, you know, because they've got a bigger crop and with more demand for their crop, maybe those prices out of Brazil can sneak up a little tiny bit. And before we end this conversation on soybeans, what do you make of the fact that there have been rumors recently about soybeans coming into the southern part of the U.S. out of Brazil? Yeah, there are rumors, and what does that tell you? Right off the bat, 
how cheap those soybeans are. Again, they're having good yields. They're running out of storage space. They got to move them somewhere at any price. And so they keep cutting the price because for those to work into the southern part of the U.S., they have to get dirt bag cheap. And apparently they are. But when it's all said and done, Rob, I don't think it's going to amount to very much. It's going to amount to a little more than a hill of beans. <laughs> Pun intended. Okay. <laughs> on that note, have you got anything for the final word this week? Well, actually, I have I have two things I want to mention. And the one is, of all the principal crops in this acres report that came out, total acres are up $6 million from a year ago. And most of that was in corn, which is up three and a half. And by the way, wheat was up $4 million from a year ago. And so a lot of it is right there. But it tells you what high prices do. That's a, that's a nice, sizable increase. And by the way, Indiana was part of that. Indiana's increased 5% from a year ago, which is 250,000 acres, went from 5.25 million to 5.5 million. Uh, the biggest increase, however, as a percentage, particularly was of all places, North Dakota, up 27%. But that's because they didn't plant anything last year. Yeah. They had a very bad year getting their crops planted. So a lot of corn acres didn't get planted last year, and they're going to try to come back this year. However, the weather right now up in that part of the country is cool and wet, and they may lose corn acres again. But my big story is it's all about weather. There continues to be growing evidence that we will go into an El Nino pattern this year. The Australian Bureau of Meteorology is calling for a super El Nino event. Ooh. Now, whether that happens or not, again, we got to watch that one. But if we do switch over to an El Nino, that's good for U.S. yields. That historically suggests that U.S. yields this year will be pretty good, but it will cause problems in Asia and Australia. Coley and Cavanaugh brought to you each week by the Allen County Farm Bureau. And like I've said so many times before, the Farm Bureau is really busy right now in D.C. I tell you what, Biden's new waters of the U.S. thing, that has just turned into a fistfight. And it's critical for farming, as well as their fight to improve what's going on with the Farm Bill. Now, the Farm Bureau's efforts to support farming on the state, as well as the national level, that it's only possible with your Farm Bureau membership. So support your local Farm Bureau with a membership. It's not that expensive. Go online to itpaystobeamember.org. Podcasts by Federated Media.